0: If you have your Bibles with you this morning, I would like for you to turn with me to the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 59, Isaiah chapter 59, Isaiah chapter 59, beginning in verse 1, the Bible says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save, Neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But, everybody say, but, your iniquities have separated between you and your God. And your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. For your hands are defiled with blood and your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies. Your tongue hath muttered perverseness. None calleth for justice nor any pleadeth for truth. They trust in vanity and speak lies. They conceive mischief and bring forth "...iniquity. They hatch cockatrice eggs, and weed the spider's web. He that eateth their eggs dieth, and that which is crushed breaketh out into a viper. Their webs shall not become garments, neither shall they cover themselves with their works. Their works are works of iniquity, and the act of violence is in their hands." Their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed innocent blood. Their thoughts are thoughts of iniquity. Wasting and destruction are in their paths. The way of peace they know not, and there is no judgment in their goings. They have made them crooked paths. Whosoever goeth therein shall not know peace. Therefore is judgment far from us. Neither doth justice overtake us. For wait, we wait for light, but behold obscurity. For brightness, but we walk in darkness. We grope for the wall like the blind, and we grope as if we had no eyes. We stumble at noonday as in the night. We are in desolate places as dead men. We roar all like bears, mourn sore like doves. We look for judgment, but there is none. For salvation, but it is far off from us. For our transgressions are multiplied before thee, and our sins testify against us. For our transgressions are with us, and as for our iniquities, we know them. In transgression, in lying against the Lord and departing away from our God, speaking oppression and revolt, Conceiving and uttering from the heart words of falsehood. And judgment is turned away backward. And justice standeth afar off. For truth is fallen in the street. And equity cannot enter. Yea, truth faileth. And he that departeth from evil maketh himself a prey. And the Lord saw it. And it displeased him that there was no judgment. Father, for the next few moments here this morning, I ask you, Lord, to use me but but a mouthpiece, Lord, for the Holy Ghost. Lord, give each one the spiritual ears to hear your voice in this word this morning. Give us each, Lord, the spiritual eyes that we need to see this path that you lay before us. And give us the godly wisdom, I pray, Lord, to walk therein. We ask it in the precious name of Jesus. And everybody said, in Jesus' name, amen. amen. You can be seated. The title to the message today is No Judgment. No Judgment. Brother Edward, I want you to give me 1 Peter 4, 17 Through 19. Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. The beginning of that, the Bible says, What was that? For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. The Bible says tells us over in the book of, judge, of Judges, chapter 2, verse 19, and it said, And it came to pass, when the judge was dead, that they returned and corrupted themselves more than their fathers in following other gods to serve them and to bow down unto them. They ceased not from their own doings, nor from their stubborn way. And the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel. And he said, Because that this people have transgressed my covenant, which I commanded their fathers and have not hearkened unto my voice, I also will not henceforth drive out any from before them of the nations which Joshua left when he died. Church, We just had a sermon recently called, Raise the Standard and Hold It Fast. I want to ask you a question today. Why do you think it is so difficult to convert a Muslim to Christianity? And why do you think that so many people flock to Islam? and the Muslim faith. There are even people that once called themselves Christians that are now following the Muslim faith. Why do you think that is? Why do you think those things are happening? Let me tell you something, folks. The Muslims come from a land where Christianity started. But the Muslims have held more strictly their faith than the Christians have their faith. Christianity started in that land over there in the Middle East. Christianity started more strictly than the Muslim walk. But even in the Christian church today, and I can take you to anyone, I can go to any Christian church today, United Pentecostal, ALJC, I can go to anyone, anywhere in the United States of America and I can get up on that pulpit and mention a woman being covered and mention women not being like they are in this land, and they will be ready to hang me. That's just one small instance of it, but that's a really big, strong interest of it right there because I'm going to tell you something. That just goes to show you how far removed we are from the stringent walk God had in mind. Women see it as being beaten down. Women see it as being mistreated. God saw it as a covering. God saw it as a protection. Because, let me tell you something. Let me, do, and I'm in the right vein here because I feel the anointing all over me right now. I'm gonna tell you, I feel the Holy Ghost on this. Let me tell you something. God put this stuff in the Word of God for Him and for you. It's not up to you to interpret it. It doesn't matter whether you feel like it's all right or whether you don't feel like it's all right. It does not matter what you think. What matters is what he said, sister. How do you feel about rape? Is that all right? I mean, it's not okay. Are you down with that? I mean, is that cool? That's not okay. So, rape's not all right. Is that right? Let me tell you something, folks. In God's eyes, that's already happened to you. In God's eyes, every one of you ladies, that's already happened to you. Because the Bible says, the Lord himself said, you know, thou say, the law says thou shalt not commit adultery. But verily I say unto you that if a man look upon a woman to lust after her, he has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So in God's eyes, let me tell you, that's already happened. I'm trying to get you on the right path of thinking here this morning to understand how God thinks. God don't even want somebody looking at you with the wrong mind. He does not want anybody to even look at you with those thoughts because in His his sight, in His way of seeing, in His wisdom, He knows that if they're looking and thinking it, it's already happened. And I want you to understand something today. What a man cannot see, he cannot lust after. Oh, well, I have such beautiful curves, I should show them off. No, you should not show them off. Because those curves are designed for your husband and him only. That's the way God saw it. I'm just using this as a small example this morning because I want you to get your mind in the right... I want to get you in the right state of mind today to understand what has happened to the Christian people and why in the world Christians are losing and Muslims are gaining ground. There's a reason why the devil turns people around in the driveway out here, but he don't want them in here getting a hold of this. But there's a reason why God's got you here. Because what I speak is the truth. It may not be easy to swallow. But it never has been. Because there's a war going on between good and evil. And it ain't got nothing necessarily to do with the devil. There's an evil part of you fighting against this too. That's that part that raises up whenever the, the message gets strong. That's the part of you that wants to rise up and say, wait a minute. That's not God that's rising up against that. God will never raise up against His Word. What I'm telling you is from the King. God would never press you down. Well, there's the sin in the garden. Listen, God's already took care of that. God already punished womankind for that. And God's already punished mankind for that. But I want you to understand something today. The Muslims, the Muslims look at Christians and those that don't laugh throw up. It's a mockery. America's view of Christianity is an absolute mockery of God's Word. It's an absolute laughing stock against God's Word. We take this so lackadaisically as though it's no big deal. go to church or don't go to church? Well, I mean, you know, well, I, I pray. I mean, we're all going to heaven. Let me tell you something, folks. That ain't how the apostles preached it. That's not how they lived it. That's not how they took it. That's not how they walked the walk. So what happened? It came across the ocean and it got so much water in it on the way, and what it didn't get in on the way, it got after it got here. Because you have these whining, wimpy little people that want to stand up and say, "Well, that's just not that's just not acceptable to me. I'm not going to take that." Well, that's just too stringent. Well, I'm just not. That's just, oh well, I don't believe all that. I'm just not going to do it. i tell you right now, I'm just not going to do it. And so what they do, they go out and they try to rally support. Let me tell you something. You can look and see that devil working. You can look and see that devil working. You can watch through history and see every little step the devil's took to tear down the Word of God. now, Let me tell you something. You look and see how this works. Christians are being put in jail for talking against wickedness and homosexuality and all those sort of things. If we don't accept it, and not only accept it, but condone it, they put us in jail. They send us to court and we have to pay fines and all. We get sued for it. When Muslims throw them queers off of the top of buildings, and ain't nobody says a word. Go ask a Muslim. You go try to tell them people in these mosques, and I'm going to tell you, there's some big mosques around now. Go over and tell some of them people in these temples over there, you're going to have to accept homosexuality. Man, they'd probably cut your head off right in the middle of that building and and be on the news about it. And it wouldn't nobody say one gum word about it. Because that's Satan. But you let a Christian do that. They'll shut your business down, fine you, put you on national TV, and make you a laughing stock because you declare that the Almighty God declares that wickedness and you stand for what the Word of God says and they'll land base you for it. And so what do people do? They just cow down, suck it up, and take it. But I'm going to tell you about a people that stand for what they believe in. The Muslims believe what they believe and they stand for it. People take the Word of God and they turn it all which way. They turn it ever which way. They try to make it fit what they want. There's no judgment in the land. What does that mean? What's that mean, Brother Jay? What's he talking about? What was God upset about over there in our base text? When he said there's no judgment, it displeased God because there was no judgment. Political correctness. Yeah. That's right. But you know what? What did the Word say? What displeased God over there? That there was no judgment. There was no judgment. Do you know, son, you're old enough to be judging yourself in a lot of matters. Do you know that? Did you know mom and daddy expect you to use good judgment, don't they? They expect you not to do stupid things that you know are stupid and that you should know are stupid because you're old enough to know better than some of that stuff, right? Aren't you? You know right from wrong, don't you? Your mom and daddy taught you right from wrong, didn't they? Yeah not a joking matter. I'm serious. They taught you right from wrong. Don't you know right from wrong, son? Don't you know it ain't not it ain't right to do certain things and it's, it, it's, it's wrong to do certain things? Huh? Yeah. Well, you know what? Those things that you do know are right from wrong, your mom and daddy expect you to do those things. And what happens when you don't? You get punished. Is that right? That's right. I know that your parents ain't beating you up because they have laws against that. (laughs) Praise Jesus for that then. Hallelujah. (laughs) Because I'm going to tell you, if you're doing something wrong and you get beat up for it, dear God, praise God, he did it for God had to do it. Amen. But let me tell you something, church. People in that land over there, I'm going to tell you right now, if America, if Christians... If there were churches that lived this walk like it should be lived, we wouldn't have the problems we have. You're always going to have battles with the devil, but I'm going to tell you when you let your standards down, you you ain't never seen giving the enemy opportunity to blaspheme, buddy. You ain't never seen the opportunity for the devil to come against the house of God and the people of God. Amen. You claim claim Christianity, but you hug on a homosexual. You claim Christianity, but you allow them in the pulpit. What kind of filthy mockery is that? What kind of what kind of absolute? Uh, 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 Filthiness is that. Letting a homosexual in the pulpit preach. you, Letting a homosexual on national television, and they love this guy, goes and gets him a minister's license to marry other homosexuals and other people on national television. That's what I'm talking about. If you think... That the Muslims are not using that exact stuff to recruit young people into their walk. Let me tell you somebody, somebody wants something strong to hold to and there is nothing strong about American Christianity any longer. American Christianity is a mockery. It is no less, it is no less or no more than satanic worship. We look at Luciferianism and all that kind of stuff and Wicca and witchcraft and Kabbalah and all those sort of things and we raise our eyebrows at that kind of stuff uh, but you go uh, and yet you walk and you look at all these parking lots uh, of these watered-down Christians. uh, uh, They're not doing anything no different than the Luciferian church. I'm going to tell you right now, most likely those things came about. From a little leaven in that lump. And I'm pointing at my Bible on the pulpit. You add a little leaven, a little leaven, a little leaven, and you know what? You got Christians in this walk right here that's so scared they're going to hurt somebody's feeling, they're scared to tell somebody that they're about to go to hell with it. So worried about hurting somebody's feelings, how you going to feel when your children are in hell? How you gonna feel when your children or your grand or your grandchildren or your uh, uh, or your uh, aunts or uncles or your cousins or nephews or nieces are burning in hell? Let me tell you some folks, you better sound the trumpet right now while you still can, because you're gonna kick yourself if you don't, and you lose an opportunity to hindsight's twenty twenty. Why can't Muslims be converted very easily? Why would they leave something so strong for something so weak? Muslims don't allow the filthiness and wickedness of this country to infiltrate their walk. Sister Hoy, do you think they take their walk more serious than we do? Been the Christians in this nation? Well, let me, let's just take a couple of looks at it. Let's just take a couple of looks at it. Take a look at it and see, see a couple of instances of that. Did you know? Alright, let me ask you a question. Sister Tara, when's the last time you set your alarm to wake up and pray? You don't have to answer this. I just want everybody to answer this question to themselves. When's the last time you set your alarm clock to wake up and pray? Muslims pray 5 times a day. They pray more, but there's 5 times a day that they absolutely must pray. The first one is between the first light of dawn And sunrise. That means the first light you can see between that time and the time that the tip of the sun comes up over the horizon. Between that time, they must pray. So you know what that means? They need to know exactly what time that sun's coming up every day. And they need to set their clock accordingly and make certain that they're awake that they can bow their face and pray before their God. Who is their God? Sister Erica? Satan is their God. Sure, they do. Yeah, well, it goes off everywhere. And you know what? Everywhere in that land, you can hear them in their prayer tower praying on a loudspeaker. They put you in jail for that over here, as long as it was christianity but i 'm going to tell you right now you 're not far from hearing those towers, even in this country. I guarantee you, you mark those words, you watch and see they 're going to get so predominant over here you 're going to have those prayer towers over here, and you 're going to hear them uh, 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 doing their doing their prayer uh, over loudspeakers. All around those mosques. You watch and see if you don't. They wake up for prayer. Did you know the Bible said Jesus woke up to pray? Bible said He woke up. Bible said He went out a great while before day and entered into a solitary place to pray. Did you know the disciples always knew where they could find Jesus? Because if He wasn't with them, He was in His prayer place. How's your prayer life? The next automatic mandatory prayer time is after midday. Then their next one is mid afternoon. Their next one is at sunset. And their next one is from one and a half hour after sunset. Five times a day. They stop whatever it is they're doing. They put their prayer cloth down wherever it is they're at. And they bow their face to Satan. Which they see as God. And Christians can't even give God five minutes a day. So called Christians. They can if they're driving alone listening to some foolishness like KSBJ. All this watered down wickedness on the radio that's supposed to be Christianity makes a true Christian want to throw up. Yeah. My wife spent thirteen years over there. Dubai. Yeah. Yeah. For You just nailed it right there. Before you get out of bed. Before you get out of bed. What's the problem with that? Who's more important? I think Jesus merits more time than that. We know Him to be the true God. But yet, we consider it, we consider it to be pressed down upon. We consider it to be Downtrodden, beaten to death, held back. Do you think the Muslim women hate wearing those Shaduras and things? You know the ones that hate it? The ones that hate it are the ones that love the West. You know why they hate it? Because they see the West and they think that this land is what they want. They're not true believers. The same as the American women that have not followed the true traditions, they have been watered down by the wickedness of this world and society. It's exactly what the devil was hoping for. You look at how the devil turned everything opposite in this land. In this land, you can't wear little enough. Even in California, they finally set a law saying, okay, look, you can't go any further than that. I mean, you can't go further than dental flosses for a bikini. Even in a land where it's legal to set up a sign telling, telling married people to have an affair. Now you tell me, you tell me what's wrong with a land like that. You tell me what's wrong with a country like that. You tell me why this country's going to hell in a handbasket. You tell me why is it? You know why that is? Because there is no judgment in the land. Even the court system has come to the aid of homosexuality, all sorts of wickedness, and declaring that it's okay and that the Christian walk is the wrong walk. You tell me what kind of judgment is that? Is that judgment? In the book of Judges, we were just reading chapter 2. Israel had gone far astray. And the Lord set up some judgment in the land to help Israel to get back on the track. And you know what? For a few moments they did. But the judges died. And as soon as they died, Israel went right back to worshiping Baal right back to worshiping other gods, bowing themselves down to them. I happened to listen to the song that I wrote, Think About It. I had that, we, we did a we did a track on that in the studio. And, uh, and, you know, I listened back to that just the other day. I didn't realize I had it on flash drive. And I was listening back to that the other day, and that's a pretty powerful song. And, uh, you know, the words to it were right on track. When I think about all the world and the homosexuality, when I think about how it was in Genesis 13:13, 13, 13, when I think about how that God declared their wickedness unfit, then I think about how we're calling them ministers and putting them in the pulpit. See, When I think about how we've opened up our borders and we've let other gods in, then I think about how they openly bow themselves down to them. And I think about how we think it's so strange when the devil attacks us. Then I think about how that only for a moment then we call on Jesus. The video was going to be extravagant on that because it was going to show... How that we've opened up our borders and we've let other gods in and how they openly bow themselves down to them. And it was going to have Muslims bowing down with an American flag in the background. And then we think it's so strange when the devil attacks us in both planes flying into the towers, uh, uh, the twin towers. We think it's so strange when the devil attacks us. And then, and then only for a moment, how that only for a moment then we call on Jesus. And right then it was going to show the church's parking lots filling up with the smoke of the tower still in the background. And, you know, for about three weeks, everybody started going back to church. But just like you just declared a while ago, then that was over. Like the day after church. Blazing trails with Jesus. Woo, I'm on fire for God. (laughs) That next day, you still, man, you still got a few smoldering embers. Still a still couple of glowing embers because you just got a, got some of that anointing on you. And then a couple days later, fizzles out, poop, last nice little puff of smoke. You know how they keep from losing their zeal? They feed one another. They feed off one another. You know what the, You know what feeds them? Hatred. Hatred. You know what the hatred is? The hatred's for America. They hate America. And they hate Christianity. Who's behind all that? It's Satan. He's feeding the flame. But let me tell you about let me tell you about another God. The God. His name's Jesus Christ. And he is trying to feed the flame. But how can he feed the flame when he has some unwilling participants? when he has people that don't want to be fed the truth. But I'm here to tell you, the time, now is the time that judgment must begin at the house of God. We hold the line in this church, and let me tell you, if I didn't hold the line in this church, we'd slip away, just like that. Don't believe it? I can load you in the truck right now or load you, and we'll just take sister, uh, Brother and Sister Hoy's truck, which we'll pile all in there, and I can take you to a so-called Pentecostal church right now, buddy. I guarantee you that's lowered their standards and lowered their rule, and I guarantee you, buddy, I can show you within 30 minutes from here. People that's part-timers, people that come half the time, half the time they don't, they show up late. Well, you're here, you're not, Big deal. Oh, how much was the money that came in? Oh, it's enough to keep church going. Okay, yeah, it's okay. You go ahead. Oh, where's the pastor at? Oh, well, he's off in, uh doing some kind of, some other deal. He's somewhere, him and his wife's up somewhere else doing something else. I don't know if they're doing some kind of uh, 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 something else with a big organization or whatever. You ain't going to come here and not find me here. we got 500 people here. You ain't going to come here and not find me here. I don't need no big important title, presbyter and all that. I don't need that mess. God don't either. What God needs is an obedient people. There's a reason why we don't have the power that we should have. And it's because we don't have the judgment that we should have. We don't have the discipline that we should have. Why is God so strict on this church? And He is. Because He's looking to resurrect a remnant of people. He's looking to bring to life the real church of the living God. Is there a remnant left that's willing to go the extra mile, that's willing to live the standards, that's willing to lift it up, and hold it high and say, you know what, I'm not afraid of you. You know what, I'm not putting up with that. You know what, I don't care whether you like it or not. This is my church. This is where we go. This is what I believe. This is what the Word of God says. I'm standing on it, and you're not going to change it. My job ain't going to change it. My boss ain't going to change it. My family's not going to change it. God loves you, and God's called the right people to this church. Yes, it's strict, but I want you to understand the God that you're serving is a very strict God. There is no stricter than He is. There is none as strict as He is. Matter of fact, the one behind the Muslim faith, God threw Him out of heaven. That's how strict He is. And he was the anointed cherub. God cast him out. Let's go to 2 Timothy. You know what happened to the West? And when I say the West, that means America. You know what happened to us in this land? Second Timothy 3 says this, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, which means without self-control, fierce, despisers of those that are good. Can you see this in this land? Do you see that people are not only wicked, but they hate people that are good? They hate people that do good. You listen. There was a young boy not long ago that came out on the internet and came out on television, and he was he was declaring that we shouldn't be cussing. So he started a club of people that don't cuss. And do you know that grown people were sending this young boy death threats? Haters of them that do good. Do you know when you stand against homosexuality, this world's going to hate you for it? Did you know that's doing good, to hate homosexuality? There's not any homosexual, man or woman, on this planet that's going to make heaven. Period. Unless they turn from their wicked ways. Haters of them that do good. Traitors. Heady, which means rash. High-minded, which means conceited. Lovers of pleasure. More than lovers of God. Look around you this morning, folks. Do you know that ain't just talking... That ain't just talking... We always think about the ones going fishing, the ones going to the football game this morning. All that. But let me tell you something. Read that right there again. Lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. You see that? Let me drop that right down. Let me drop a thought in your mind this morning. Those ones that are in churches that are preaching that smooth message today about how you're all going to heaven, instead of telling every one of them, you're headed for hell, you better stop, you better repent, you better get yourself right and get ready to meet Jesus. You better get holy. You better get up and pray. You better get your behind in the house of God every time the doors is open. We're gonna start having church two times on Sunday, once on Wednesday or Thursday. Instead of telling them that, they're telling them, hey, well, oh, listen, we're gonna have a five-minute message 'cause we got we gotta to go to uh we gotta go to the football game or or hey, it's all right, listen, we're gonna all have a big party. We're gonna have a country and western singing uh 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 uh, uh right after uh, service today. Uh, oh, we just want to thank everybody for coming and supporting everybody uh, uh, in the country and western singing we had in our church yesterday. They're in places this morning, millions of people are in places this morning that call themselves a church. And they're having a big fancy concert. They're having big concerts because they've got hired musicians to play their music on their stage in the churches. And they're real good musicians. And they wouldn't be there if they wasn't getting paid for it. Or if there wasn't some TV time or something where they could get seen. Yeah, And, and, and so... Everybody in there is being told how everyone in there is going to heaven. No matter what you're doing, we're all finding our way to God. We're just all going different directions. Jesus loves everyone. No, He doesn't. They're not going to church to hear God. They're going to church for pleasure. They want to hear what pleases them. That is a lover of pleasure. If what you're hearing is pleasing to the flesh, honey, what you're hearing ain't of God because they are opposites. The spirit and the flesh are in war against one another. So if what you're hearing coming in your ears is pleasing to your flesh, it's against God. So even those people right there are lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. The Word of God doesn't tell me to please you. The Word of God tells me to warn you. You shall hear the Word in my mouth and warn my people from me. I'm going to be nice to you as soon as we get home. Actually, I'm nicer to you than any preacher you've ever had in your life. Because I do love you enough to tell you the truth. I don't say none of this stuff to be mean to you. I'm saying it to me too. Do you understand that? Do you all really understand that? That when I'm preaching to you, I'm preaching to me too? I'm preaching to me too, folks. Let me tell you something. It means every one of us. Every one of us need to be walking the stronger walk. Every one of us needs to be, and starting with me, we need to be working harder than we are for the kingdom of God. We need to be more careful. To monitor and judge ourselves. The Bible says if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. How did this church, how did the church of the living God get to where it's at today in this land? It got to where it's at today in this land with no judgment. Because while they becoming lovers of pleasure, there was nobody standing up that was man enough, and I don't mean woman enough, I mean man enough because a woman don't need to be in that pulpit. That's not man enough to stand up and say, whoa. Listen, Mr. Rockefeller, you can't be sleeping with Mrs. Jones. I've been watching what's going on. You and I need to have a talk. Well now listen preacher. Now, I bring six figure income to this church here. Every... I don't care if you bring a trillion dollars. You straighten yourself up or you take your trillion dollars with you and get out of this church because we ain't having no leaven in this lump. You ain't going to come up in here and decide your money don't dictate what goes on this church, buddy. Let me tell you right now, the Word of God is what dictates what goes on this house. And it ain't going to change, folks. Hallelujah. Do you realize the things that, that people consider so fun, the things that people consider so pleasing? Let me ask you a question. And I'm just picking on you ladies today because it's something we know is is prevalent in this land. And you know yourself. And none of you wants to put on no shadura. Let me ask you this. If you thought it would win ten souls to the Christian walk, would you do it? If you thought that it would bring a house full of people that finally said, Huh! Wow! Wow! Man, what's going on up in there? I guarantee you, if we started living like that, if we started living and declaring, even against all odds, that Jesus is that holy God and that this is holiness, amen, and that we stand against the wickedness of the West and we stand for Christianity like it ought to be and like it was in the day of Jesus, we still hold those true today. I guarantee you that would get the attention of the Muslims. And even though they hate us, they'd tip their hat to us. Because they'd say, I heard there's a little small church somewhere in America that's really holding the standards and lifting them up. I'm not asking the women to put shaduras on, so don't panic. But I'll tell you what, I look around here and I see the women of God covered. And I praise Jesus for that. And I thank you for that. Because I'm going to tell you something. You need to be covered. Nobody needs to be looking upon you with bad intentions. And there are to be a complete separation between this world and the people of God. I went to a graduation just the other day. One girl, now, how many of you know, Girls hate dresses. You know why? Because they think it. It's because they've heard their mamas talking about how that it's. T- uh, that, oh, that oh, that's all those uh, uh, women haters that want to hold the women down and make them wear dresses and and uh, taking it back to the old days the way it used to be. Oh, we're liberated now, honey. I'm a liberated woman. Boom. It's one of the first pitfalls this country. That's one of the first things that took this country to its knees. Every girl, and there was a bunch of them, every girl except for one, one girl had on pants out of every female in that graduation. And she had on jeans that were real tight and had these cuts in them all the way down was some kind of spandex or something underneath them. But every dress, every dress, just about every single one, was about that long and so tight, buddy. I mean, suddenly Nick had to keep pulling them down like this. And I don't know why they was pulling them down. They couldn't go down far enough to cover anything. Pulling them... And... I mean 8th grade girls. My mother my mother Opal would have died of a heart attack right there on the floor. Most of the ones that had on the little dresses, I don't know why they had them on cuz you could see right through them. Huh? They probably were. Well, they weren't wearing dresses. They were wearing a belt that was being called a dress. Yeah. Look like a room full of little hookers is what it looked like. Little prostitutes. Huh? They probably killed her after the class. Yeah, they probably took her out and beat her and stoned her to death. You didn't have to look carefully, sister. Trust me when I tell you men's eyes are trained for that stuff. Yeah. Men see things you couldn't see with binoculars. Men can see it at 10,000 yards. Now, they can't see this right here. But if a woman is scattily dressed... They can see you in a crowd of 500,000 people six miles away. You have eyes of an eagle. Shut up, boys. Y'all straighten up back a minute. See y'all at the altar here in just a minute. Folks, ladies, thank you. Thank you for how well that you dress. Thank you so much for that. I really appreciate that. And I want you to know Jesus appreciates that. In the land that we live in, it is truly an honor to be surrounded by godly women. And I thank you for that. Praise God for that. I thank God for that. But I want you each to understand something this morning. We're following the right doctrine. And if anybody ought to be raising that standard, and if anybody ought to be exercising judgment, it ought to be us. The Bible says judgment must first begin at the house of God. That's what this is. This is talking about judgment. It's not me judging you. I judge the things that go on in this church to guard the gates, because that's my job. But my job not to judge you. Whose job is that? That's right. That's right. Sister Hoy, I'm going to pick on you a minute. That's all right. Do you just live and let live? Do you just say, well, what the heck, if it feels good, do it. Honey, I'm just going to, oh, I'm a liberated woman. Lord, I'm just going to do whatever I want to do today. Do you do that? Amen. Well, you know what? Let Let me just drop a thought in your mind right there as well. So you do what's right in your heart. And did you know most people would say that's a good thing? But I'm going to help you go to some Bible right here. Will you do that for me? Would you go over to the book of Jeremiah? (laughs) Book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 17. Chapter 17. Would you read verse 9 for me, please? Okay, now... Now, back up there for just a minute. (laughs) You know what, sister? What you said is a common saying in the world. But here's the thing. The Lord warns us against following our heart because the heart is, is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? The Bible says in the next verse that I, the Lord, try the heart. I search the heart. I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. Now, understand, in the same likeness, I want to also say that the Word of God is to be written on your hearts and into your mind. And so according to that, if the Word of God is written on your heart, then that's fine. But nevertheless, give credit where credit is due because the heart is deceitful above all things. Always, always follow not your heart, but the Word of God. Whether it be written in the Word or whether it be written on your heart, always follow the Word of God. That's where judgment comes from. You see what I mean? So, if the Word of God's written in your heart and you're following Not your heart, but the word that's written on your heart, then you're in good shape. You see what I mean? So the correct thing to say there would be that I followed the word of God. I followed the will of God. Amen. Bible says that we should not say we're going to do thus and thus, this and this, that and that, but rather we should say, "If God will it, I will do such and such." And, that. and what does that say? That says, "If the if the Word of God declares that that's how we're supposed to live, that's what I'm following." So you're following righteousness, which is whatever God declares is right. That's still following the Word of God. See what I mean? It all boils down to Jesus. That's who we're following. His Word. That's who we're following. You see what I mean? Okay. So, <clears throat> so. Brother Jay, do you just do whatever crosses your mind while you're driving down the road during the day? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. You see, but but what keeps you from doing that? So so judgment. Yeah, judgment. Yeah. Yeah, judgment keeps you from doing that. Amen. See, it all comes down to judgment. But here's the deal. It all comes down to judgment, but let me ask you a question. Where do you draw the line? Where do you? Draw that line. Where do you draw that line, sister? Still the wrong answer. Where do you draw the line, sister? Where do you draw the line, Brother Edward? Ha <laughs> Amen. There you go. That's it. Oh, no, 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 no. No, no, no. No, you know what the proper... Do you know what the proper... Let me give you the proper answer. Let me give you the exact correct answer. Where do you draw the line? I don't draw the line. God drew the line. I don't draw the line. I didn't draw the line, nor will I ever draw that line. Because I don't even have a pencil to draw with. God drew the line, and he gave it to me. The Bible says they transgressed my covenant that I made. He said they transgressed my covenant which I commanded them. You don't understand something. If you're in covenant with Jesus, you ain't made the covenant. You ain't got a dog in that hunt. You didn't make no covenant with Jesus. Jesus made the covenant and commanded you. To walk in it. It ain't your covenant. It's His covenant. (laughs) Here it is. This is the covenant. You might want to read this. For Those of you in tape land, this ain't no flippy flap laptop I got in my hand. It ain't no uh, computer. This is the written Word of God that I'm holding up. And yes, it is a King James Version Bible. It is not a New King James. It is not the Message Bible. It is not Billy Bob Spankmeyer Bible. It is not Please Your Mama Bible. It's the real deal. The Western world is so Far gone very few will ever make it back from that depth if you have any influence over anybody in your family that's not in this walk you better use it right now you better use it right now to get them in this church because it ain't going to be long you'll never be able to reach them again Because every minute they're out of this, they're going further away from it. Let me tell you something, folks. If they're not in this walk, I promise you they will not make heaven. If they're not in this walk, in this apostolic doctrine, doctrine of the apostles, the Pentecostal way, I guarantee you they will not make heaven because the Word of God declares it. The Word of God is very clear. The Bible says, follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see God. I want you to look at the life of Daniel. Do you know the Bible says that with his windows open, even though it was declared that no man bowed down to anything but that statue that the king built, Daniel, even with his windows open, the Bible says that three times a day he entered into his house with the windows being opened, kneeled down on his knees toward Jerusalem, and prayed and gave thanks to his God. That's dedication. That's commitment. Yes, we pray without ceasing. Yes, we are to pray without ceasing. Yes, we are to pray wherever we go, whatever we're doing. But we ought to be a people that are as dedicated as the enemies of God are to their gods. We ought to take time in our day to bow down before our God Things as simple as that we don't do. Because we have come to accept that it's just okay with Jesus. It's just all right with Him. I mean, He's Jesus. He's a a compassionate, merciful, grace loving God. There's nothing ever talked about in these churches about Him being a killer about Him being the biggest mass murderer there ever was or ever will be, about Him being a God of judgment, about Him being a God that is a consuming fire. Oh, He's not a consuming fire. He always has been and He always will be. The Bible says, I am the Lord. I change not. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. In this land, everybody has become self-indulgent. Everybody has fallen to the self-gratification to thine own self be true. If it feels good, do it. We have allowed wickedness in this land to become the norm, calling that which is evil good and that which is good evil. Everything's acceptable in this land except for Christianity, true Christianity. God destroyed this world one time because of the wickedness that's going on in this land. Brother Jay, get me Hosea 4 and 6. Sister Tara, Deuteronomy 32:5. Sister Sandra, Hebrews 12:13 through 15. Sister Erica, Joshua 6:18. Brother Noah, First Peter 4:17. And I'm going to read Joshua 7:10 through 13. 1 Peter four seventeen. Okay, go, brother Jay. Okay, it's all right. It's okay. What? Jeremiah seventeen nine. I didn't say that. I said that much earlier. Hosea four six. Deuteronomy thirty two five four six, yes Deuteronomy thirty two five and then Hebrews twelve thirteen through fifteen I think is your scripture isn't it? Right, okay. Okay. Who's got who's got the uh Hosea four six Okay hold on just a second I'm gonna pause this and go to the tape number two hold on just a second.